0: Carolina Panthers head coach Dave Canales has filled out his staff here in Carolina, and there's a heavy Seattle influence. Might that mean the Panthers will be targeting former Seahawks during free agency? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays throughout the offseason, I'll be right here on the show answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me, but follow me first on Twitter to get those questions in for this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if you're bet wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. All right, we're back here on the show. The Carolina Panthers and the rest of the NFL still looking ahead to free agency. Some decisions that need to be made potentially this week for the Panthers and some other teams in the NFL. Let's go ahead and start off today's show by discussing Dave Canales' staff that was completely filled out last Thursday afternoon here in Carolina. And there was a heavy Seattle Seahawks influence. Looking at it, the offensive coaching staff can be led by Brad Idzik, who's going to be the offensive coordinator. He followed Canales from Seattle to Tampa, where he's a wide receiver coach last year, now comes to Carolina as the OC, a former Wake Forest wide receiver. His dad used to be the general manager for the New York Jets, so a big-time NFL influence there, but also somebody who spent some time with Dave Canales and clearly is one of his right-hand men heading here to Carolina to work on this offense and to get Bryce Young playing at the level the Carolina Panthers need Bryce Young to play at and the level they expected him to play at when they drafted him number one overall last year. April. Will Heredger is also coming here to Carolina from Seattle. He spent five seasons with the Seahawks, including two years along Canales as an assistant quarterbacks coach. He will be here as the quarterback coach in Carolina. Nick Carroll, the son of Pete Carroll, who joined Seattle staff back in 2011, worked as an assistant wide receiver coach. He will be the pass game coordinator here in Carolina. An expectation would also be that he'll be working alongside the wide receivers as that's his background. Pat McPherson, was the Seattle Seahawks tight ends coach from 2010 to 2023. The entirety of Pete Carroll's tenure there with the Seattle Seahawks. Pat McPherson was there as his tight ends coach. He now comes to Carolina with the wealth of experience coaching tight ends in the National Football League. Now, this next name, I honestly do not know how to pronounce right now I'm gonna give it a go uh Kylie Kikawa is the assistant offensive line coach now here in Carolina he's been Seattle's assistant offensive line coach since 2021 those are some of the new names that were announced on Thursday some other ones that we are already aware of here Harold Goodwin is the assistant head coach and run game coordinator he follows Canales from Tampa to Carolina Benny Parmalee is the running backs coach after recently being with the Jacksonville Jaguars Rob Moore is the white receiver coach, spent the last couple of seasons in Tennessee with the Titans. Joe Gilbert also following Canales and now teaming up with Harold Goodwin to be the offensive line coach in Carolina. He's been a Super Bowl winning offensive line coach in um Tampa and in Pittsburgh so great experience there that is the offensive coaching staff the defensive coaching staff every single one that was hired last year to be on Frank's Reich staff is back here in Carolina massive for Dave Canales to be able to get a Gerald Vero to come back to Carolina and I also helped that he's under contract for this season and next year and that he did not get another head coaching or did not get a head coaching job period this past coaching cycle really couldn't go anywhere else. David Tepper was not going to allow him to make a lateral move. Some of the other jobs that would have made sense for Jero Vero, had he been given the opportunity to interview elsewhere with the Rams and the Packers' jobs. Both of those jobs went away before it was officially announced that Jero Vero would be staying in Carolina as their defensive coordinator. Dom Capers, he is back as a senior defensive assistant. Todd Wash is back working with the defensive line. Burt Watts is back working with the secondary, but in particular, the safeties. Jonathan Cooley, also back working the secondary, in particular the cornerbacks. Peter Hansen is the inside linebackers coach. Tim Lukabu, who did interview for, I believe, the Pittsburgh Steelers DC job. He is back as the outside linebackers coach. D'Angelo Hall is the assistant defensive back coach here in Carolina. Uh, Bobby Maifi is a defensive quality control coach. Mayor Chidahari is offensive assistant. Again, apologies for the names I'm getting. Uh, incorrect. Now some other assistants on the staff. Tracy Smith comes from Seattle. He'll be the special teams coordinator here in Carolina. Darren Bates also spent time in Seattle. He'll be the special teams assistant under Tracy Smith. Jim Caldwell is here in Carolina still as a senior assistant. What exactly that entails, it's possible that we get more of an understanding of what exactly it is he does here in Carolina, but Jim Caldwell is back. Mike Bercovici, one of my favorite quarterbacks back in uh the 2010s in college football. He is still here as an offensive assistant. George Lee is a game management coordinator. Scott Cooper is director of coaching development. That is the Carolina Panthers staff heading into the 2024 season. And by my count, 8 of the Panthers 19 full-time on-field assistants were in Seattle, where Dave Canales spent 13 years. That list also includes defensive line coach Todd Wash, who spent time in Seattle under Pete Carroll, working alongside Dave Canales. Two other assistants were with Canales in Tampa Bay. That, of course, is Harold Goodwin and Joe Gilbert. And as we know, that Brad Edzik felt followed. Dave Canales from Seattle to Tampa Bay. That is coaching staff with a heavy, heavy Seattle Seahawks influence, which begs the question, because they have worked in Seattle and been around some pretty good players, some winning teams, it's worrying the organization. Might that mean the Carolina Panthers, once free agency rolls around next month, will be very interested in bringing in some Seattle Seahawks players to play on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball here in Carolina. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. The wait is almost over North Carolina. FanDuel America's number one sportsbook is coming to our state. On March 11th we'll finally be able to bet on all our favorite teams and all our favorite sports. With FanDuel, there's a ton of ways for you to get in on the action you can bet on everything from the money lines over unders to which team will win this year's tobacco road rivalry all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus with live betting you can pick which player will put up the next bucket and the one after that see for yourself why Fanduel is america's number one sports book just go to fanduelcom slash locked on so you can be the first to know when Fanduel goes live in north carolina that's fanduelcom slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel. Dave Canales has his staff complete as the Carolina Panthers now focus on free agency starting next month in March 8 of the 19 full-time on-field assistants spent time with Canales in Seattle, which begs the question, does that mean the Panthers will be very active in trying to bring some of those former Seattle Seahawks to Carolina once free agency begins? It's not a new concept at all. We saw Matt Rule, who had next to no NFL background experience, bring in a ton of his former players from Temple and from Baylor, which did draw the ire of many players in that locker room who said that those guys probably would not be playing anywhere in the NFL if it weren't here in Carolina because of their connection with Matt Rule. Big reason why coaches do that is they know those guys. It's about familiarity. It's also about trying to establish whatever culture you want. And when you have players who you worked with before who can help you establish that, that can be beneficial for your team. Now, the important thing is that those players are actually good and deserving of of being on the roster in the NFL, that was not so much the case with Matt Rule and what he had here in Carolina. You even saw when Ron Rivera left Carolina, the amount of former Panthers that followed him. Curtis Samuel went there. A lot of the coaching staff went there. You saw Joey Sly, he's the kicker, up in Washington. Kyle Allen spent some time up in Washington. That's just the way things work. And it's not a surprise at all that eight of the 19 full-time assistants worked with Dave Canales in the past In Seattle, we felt like that would be the case, and I think it's a great thing that that is happening after what happened last year here in Carolina with the Hunger Games mentality, Frank Reich's staff having not spent a lot of time together, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, there was far more continuity there with Jero Vero hand-picking who he wanted to come with him here to Carolina, and that staff is back again this year. So no concerns about any sort of infighting happening on the defensive side of the ball in 2024, as that was not the case in 2023. But offensively, Dave Canales needed to come in here and have guys that he could trust, guys that could work with him to get Bryce Young playing to the level he needs to play And getting Brad Edge to come here, got Will Harriger to be here as the quarterback's coach, having experience with Nate Carroll as well, that is a positive thing for the Carolina Panthers. Now I'm wondering, okay, you guys spend time in Seattle working with these offensive players that are now free agents, and by my count, the Seattle Seahawks have 14 unrestricted free agents, and we're going to look at the offensive ones right now. How many of those guys are you potentially going to bring to Carolina to fix what was one of the worst offenses in the NFL this past season. Now we'll start off looking at some of the offensive linemen. As we know, the Panthers offensive line was terrible last year. Bryce Young was sacked 62 times. That's tied Steve Berline's franchise record for the most time sacked in a single season here in Carolina. The Panthers had seven different left guards, eight different right guards. We've heard that stat over and over and over again. We all understand there was not continuity on the offensive line. But we also understand that Ike Kwanu regressed and that there's a question of what exactly should you do with Ike Kwanu this offseason. Do you keep him at left tackle? Do you move in the guard? How is that going to work out? Then there's questions about... Brady Christensen, does he still have a starting spot here in Carolina or is he going to have to be a depth piece? What's going to happen with Bradley Bozeman? Are you going to cut him? Are you going to keep him around? Then you look at right guard, Austin Corbett, he's having another, he had back-to-back offseason now, with a knee injury, having had knee surgery. What's the deal there? Taylor Moten, massive cap hit, a restructure or an extension, that would make a lot of sense for a player who has been excellent, has been an Ironman for the Carolina Panthers. So looking at some of the free agent offensive linemen that are leaving Seattle, you have Evan Brown who's a center, Phil Haynes is a guard, Damian Lewis is a guard, and Jason Peters is a tackle. First and foremost, Jason Peters is 42 years old. I honestly don't understand why this man is still playing in the NFL. He was with Philadelphia, the Eagles forever, it was a fantastic left tackle, I, maybe even a Hall of Fame left tackle, and I guess he just loves the game that much. I don't think he – he should need the money at this point in time, but Jason Peters, that is not somebody that's on the Panthers radar at all. The rest of them, though, Evan Brown looking at PFF – 27th out of 36 centers uh, this past season. Bradley Bozeman was actually better than him this last year, having to be in what was a pretty crappy situation with the amount of change at both of the guard spots. Bozeman was 21st out of 36 qualifying centers this past season. 2023 was the only time that Evan Brown spent in Seattle. So the Seattle Seahawks assistant offensive line coach, who's now the assistant offensive line coach here in Carolina, whose name I cannot pronounce, he would have experience of Evan Brown. He would have a good idea of whether he would Make sense for the Panthers. But Bradley Bozeman already here, having played better, wanting to maybe keep some continuity if you don't want to do a complete overhaul on the offensive line. I don't think Evan Brown is a target the Carolina Panthers should be looking at. I've already come out on record when discussing Bradley Bozeman and the O line saying, I think this is the time for the Panthers, if they get some of the other holes fixed during free agency, to go out there and to draft a center. Have not done that since 2007 with Ryan Khalil. I think the time is now. They've tried Pat Elfline. They have tried Bradley Bozeman, who had success in 22, not as much this past season. They have tried um, Matt Paradis. It's time to draft the center, in my opinion. Phil Haynes, Damian Lewis, the two guards. Lewis is a four-year starter at left guard for Seattle in 2022. He was the 11th rated guard in the NFL this past year. He was 37th out of 79 qualifying guards. He'll be 27 this upcoming season. So still young, his opportunity to really get paid as a starter, whether it be in Seattle or elsewhere. And that's another thing worth with the decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to, if you're not going to keep Corbett, do you then move Vicky to right guard? Or do you maybe move, uh, Brie Christians in the right guard? How, how do you want to go about that? Damian Lewis is a starting guard. The Panthers have three options that could be starting guards for them. I don't know if guard is necessarily the spot that they're looking at uh, as much as maybe tackle would be if they're going to move Icky Iquano inside. I think center would be the spot to look at the most uh, on the offensive line. It's it's not as simple because of the guys being under contract then with Brady Christensen, you're not going to cut him. He's still on his rookie deal, and he's at least going to be a solid depth piece for you. Iki Aquana, you're not getting rid of him, of course. Taylor Moten, I wouldn't think you get rid of him. Now, with Bozeman and Corbett, there's more of a conversation there. Lewis would be the one that I would be interested in. Now, if you just want to bring in somebody just to be quality depth, Phil Haynes is actually from Raleigh, went to NLO, played – At Wake Forest in college, he's only played in 31 games, started 13 in the NFL. He was 61st out of 79 offensive guards this past season. And Seattle have their fair share of injuries on their O-line as well, not nearly as disastrous as what the Carolina Panthers had experienced this past year. If you're just looking for someone to come in, be depth, have familiarity with them, Phil Haynes would make a lot of sense. But Brown, I don't see that. Peter is absolutely not, way too old. Lewis, if you want a starter at guard, yeah, that's probably the top option. But if you're just looking for depth and also someone who's from North Carolina, which I guess is somewhat of a bonus, if it is a bonus at all, Phil Haynes would be the guy to fill in depth as far as that goes. Now, looking at tight end, again, the Carolina Panthers have brought over Pat McPherson, who has been the only tight end coach in Seattle over the last 14 seasons. Spent the entirety of Pete Carroll's tenure as a tight end coach for Seattle. The Seahawks run a ton of two tight end sets and I would think now here in Carolina with Dave Canales coming over here they're going to probably run a fair share of two tight end sets moving forward and the Seahawks have had some solid tight ends in the past the Panthers right now that is anything but the case the Sullivan he's back next year Tommy Trimble's back Hayden Hurst currently under contract we'll see how that works out Ian Thomas likely a cap casualty and just a player who was phased out last year, and I don't really know how much he really brings to the table at this point in time in his career. I am pretty high on the, on the Panthers bringing in some tight ends. One of the two freezing tight ends from Seattle. Noah Fant or Colby Parkinson, take your pick. Fant last year was 30th out of 72 qualifying tight ends, according to PFF. He had 32 receptions, 412 yards. No touchdowns, so he'd fill in right He'd fit right in with the Carolina Panthers as they don't score touchdowns at all at the tight end position. Played in 2022. With Dave Canales, was a part of the Russell Wilson trade uh, between Denver. Had a 62.9 overall grade this past year, 72.1 pass blocking grade, which is uh, certainly a welcome sight considering the Panthers were really bad at protecting the passer this past season. Colby Parkinson, who's 6'7", just a massive human being for me, played at Stanford. He was 45th out of 72. Tight ends, according to PFF, had a 57.4 overall grade, 69.5 pass blocking grade, 64.1 run blocking grade, a better run blocker than uh, what Fant was this past season and honestly better than what Hayden Hurst has given the Carolina Panthers and every team he's played with in his career. He had 25 receptions, 247 yards, two touchdowns this past year to Colby Parkinson. And when you compare those two, Fant was 30th out of 72 tight ends. Parkinson was 45th out of 72 tight ends. Timing Trimble was 52nd and Hayden Hurst was 68th. The Panthers should get at least one of these players, considering who their tight end coach is they have to be able to get Fant or parkinson one of those guys i think will, should be a carolina panther and i hope will be a carolina panther once free agencies all said and done the other two offensive free agents i don't see them as being realistic targets for the panthers uh drew Locke, the panthers With looking at Andy Dalton's contract, if they cut him pre-June 1, they actually lose like $900,000 against the salary cap. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. A trade could be a possibility where they would be able to save about $2 million pre-June 1, $4 million post-June 1. I could see that maybe making sense, but also don't you want to have a veteran backup there again to help protect Bryce Young, or I mean, even to work with Bryce Young, mentor him in a way. Uh, I would think that would make a little bit more sense than Drew Locke. Now, the thing about Drew Locke is he's young. He's already shown that he's not – he had that Monday Night Football moment this past year, but he's really shown that he's not a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, but he does have starting experience. Do you have him come in, be the backup in maybe even a Bryce Young insurance policy if things don't work out long-term with Bryce? We've seen players like Geno Smith there in Seattle who got an opportunity again – career renaissance and has been really good the last two seasons, being a Pro Bowler back-to-back years, is a possible that could be the career trajectory for Drew Locke? Say he comes to Carolina, things don't work out with Bryce Young, and then he takes over and maybe could be the franchise down the road. That's just the one argument you could potentially make that that's Locke can give you way more longevity than likely only one more year of Andy Dalton in Carolina, but we'll see how that plays out. DJ Dallas, the Panthers... They got Chuba coming back next year. I don't know what they're gonna do with Miles Sanders. That's just a contract where there's just no benefit to getting rid of him, other than just you fill up, you clear up a roster spot. It's not gonna help you financially this coming season. Uh, but we'll see how that works out. Raheem Blackshear, he is an exclusive rights free agent, but has not been tendered. A lot of guys were back on January eighth signed to new deals in Carolina, and he was not among those players which maybe makes me think that he's going to be able to test free agency and go somewhere else so where the Panthers are just going to wait to see whether they want to tender him or not. Uh, but we'll we'll see how that works out. I would prefer Raheem Blackshear, especially with his special teams prowess, over DJ Dallas. But we'll see um, whether that's what Canales and the offensive staff and really Dan Morgan and Brant Tillis and the rest of the front office feel is the right thing for the Carolina Panthers. So there's, there are some of the potential free agent targets that are – Coming out of Seattle, the Carolina Panthers could look out for the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, Jarrell Barrow's back. His whole defensive staff is back. But could there be some Seattle defensive players that they still look at? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last-minute deals, all in prices. Views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Taking a look at some of the upcoming unrestricted free agents for the Seattle Seahawks who could be targets for the Carolina Panthers. On the offensive side of the ball, there are some obvious targets. If you're looking for a new starting guard, Damian Lewis would make a lot of sense Four-year starter in Seattle. Time for him to get paid this offseason as a starter, whether it be in Seattle or elsewhere. Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson, both of those guys would be upgrades just based off of some of the numbers from uh, PFF and just statistically over the guys the Carolina Panthers have rolled out through the last couple of years. Certainly an upgrade from Ian Thomas, an upgrade from Stephon Sullivan, maybe an upgrade from Tommy Trimble, and we'll see what Hayden Hurst could provide. But Tommy Trimble, Hayden Hurst, and maybe a Noah Fant or a Kobe Parkinson, that looks like a better tight end room for the Carolina Panthers than the one that they've had over the last couple of seasons. Don't know which of them would actually be the biggest passing game threat, as that was not something that was utilized last year. The hope is that Fant could do that. Even Hayden Hurst, if he comes back healthy after missing the last couple of weeks of the season with a concussion. But the Panthers absolutely should be interested in bringing in one of those two free agent tight ends. Pat McPherson now coming over from Seattle to be the tight ends coach. Spent 14 years in Seattle as a tight ends coach under Pete Carroll. Defensively, though, I don't know if it says um, – I don't know. I can't necessarily say it's cut and dry. I don't know if it's as uh, simple as okay, we were in Seattle before. They were in Seattle. Why don't you come here to Carolina? Because Vero, his staff, they don't really have a Seattle background. <laughs> Their background is elsewhere. Jarrovero spent time in L.A. He spent time in Green Bay. He's not necessarily, I think, somebody that would be a hundred percent all over the guys that are coming from Seattle. But there could be some players that certainly would interest him. And defensive coaching staff. So let's look at the cornerback position first. Artie Burns. The Panthers are sitting in a situation where J.C. Horn is coming up to his final year of his rookie season. I don't see the Carolina Panthers, and don't believe that they should uh, exercise the fifth year option once May rolls around. He has just not been healthy enough. He's missed 29 of a, of a possible 51 games. Start off his, uh, his career in Carolina. You just can't give somebody $11 million who you have not seen stay healthy for a full season. It's unfortunate. He's a great player. The problem is he's just not available. They can't do that. You look at Dante Jackson. He is an obvious person. The Panthers could go out there and cut for a salary cap reason as he has the second highest cap hit in Carolina coming up here when the new league year starts next month in March, but you're going to be missing a pretty big hole if you get rid of Dante Jackson who – Did play 16 games for you last year, which is the most since his rookie year back in 2018. Will Troy Hill come back? Will they potentially bring a guy like Shaquille Griffin, who was a former Seattle Seahawk, to Carolina? We'll see how that works out. Artie Burns had a 66.5 PFF grade. He would be someone that you would bring in for depth. Not necessarily somebody you're bringing in to be a starter, per se, but uh, could be a solid depth choice for the Carolina Panthers. That's what they decided to go out there and do if they want to bring him in. Looking at linebacker, and this is something that really you got to figure out what's going to happen with Frankie Louvu. If you're not going to bring back Frankie Louvu, then yes, one, of, two of these linebackers you would be interested in. One of them, Devin Bush. No, I'm good there. Jordan Brooks, former first rounder. Had 111 tackles this past season, four and a half sacks in 2023. Career high, 184 tackles in 2021. He had 160-something tackles in 2022. Just a tackling machine. Has 531 tackles in his career so far in the NFL. PFF does not love him. His grades have always been in the 50s at a 57.3 PFF grade, which is just One part of the formula when evaluating players, that was good for 69th out of 82 linebackers in the NFL this past season. Nice 85.0 pass rush grade. That is appetizing, especially when you look at Frankie Luthor, another guy who had an elite pass rushing grade, had a 90.1 if you're not going to get him. And you can bring in Jordan Brooks to take over that spot. And he's somebody who's all over the field when it comes to tackles. That may be a solid pickup for the Carolina Panthers. I would prefer to have Luvu back here, but that's somebody the Panthers absolutely should be interested in if Seattle's not going to retain him. Bobby Wagner is... Also available this offseason, was in LA, came back to Seattle, was a Pro Bowler again last year. He's still excellent. Back when it was him and Keekley playing, those were the two best linebackers in the NFL. You could argue whichever one. Of course, here in Carolina, Luke Keekley was the guy. Out in Seattle is Bobby Wagner. It's great to see his longevity. He's a fantastic player. Ton of respect for him. I'll always take Keekley, of course, but he's still excellent. Gonna be 34 this year. Not a lot of signs of up slowing down. My thought would be for Bobby Wagner that he's going to want to go to a competitor. This team is not going to be competitive in any kind of way outside of just getting to the top of the draft in 2024 I would think that he's going to try and go somewhere else to try and win, which is part of the reason why he went to the Rams and came back to Seattle after watching the Seahawks go to the playoffs, and the Rams didn't go to the playoffs that one year. He um, was seventh out of 82 linebackers, according to PFF, this past season. Two defensive ends that the Panthers could target as well. The Panthers' pass rush was not great, and the defensive line play outside of Derek Brown left a lot to be desired. I would like to see Etor Grosmanis come back on a one-year prove-it deal. I don't know how much – money that guy's really ever going to garner as a pro in the NFL. But I think the Panthers could sign him. And I think any team could sign him to a fairly team-friendly deal and get some solid production out of him again up this upcoming season in 2024. If they don't want to do that, Mario Edwards Jr. and Leonard Williams are two players that the Panthers should be interested in. Let's start off with Leonard Williams, former first-round pick out of USC, played with the Jets, then went to the Giants, and now has been in Seattle, had a 76.2 PFF grade, which ranked him 22nd out of 130 interior defensive linemen, much better. Then all the non-Derek Brown interior defensive linemen in Carolina last year. Had a 68.5 run defense grade, 76.2 pass rush grade, which is really appetizing. 50 – sorry, excuse me, had five and a half sacks this past season. Nine tackles for loss, 11 quarterback hits in 2023. I would be all about Leonard Williams coming to Carolina if they can get that figured out. You're going to have Shy Tuttle again just because of his contract. You have seen younger players – like uh, Nick Thurman and like a uh, lot Brian Ray, who you've signed again for a one-year deal, who can have shown in spots, they can be some solid depth for you. But can you go out there and maybe bring in a really talented player in Lyndon Williams for the right price, even if it's just like a one-year deal? I don't even know what he would want to sign. That could be a possibility. Or you could try to get somebody who'd be cheaper And that would be Mario Edwards Jr., who had a 68.0 PF upgrade this past season. That ranked him 39th of 130 interior defensive linemen. Had a 78.4 pass rush grade. That was 16th among 109 qualifying interior defensive linemen. Had two sacks, five tackles for loss. More about pressures than actually getting home for him this past season. That looks like also possibly an upgrade over what we saw last year from a guy like Deshaun Williams. If there's interest from a Todd Wash and really from an Agero Vero, but even more so from a Dan Morgan, who's going to have personnel control here in Carolina moving forward. So offensively, there are some very clear targets like at tight end and maybe on the offensive line. Just, and it's hard to know what they want to do. I, just, I don't know what exactly the Panthers want to do on the O-line as the five projected starters heading into this past year are still under contract. And it's not as simple as just get rid of them. Because there's some cap ramifications there, but there is an option in Damian Lewis, who has familiarity with this offensive coaching staff, that could come in and start immediately for the Carolina Panthers at one of the guard spots. Noah Fant, Kobe Parkinson, give me Fant over Parkinson, but give me one of those guys at the very least. Defensively, yeah, I mean, I would love to have Bobby Wagner. (laughs) I would love to have him. I would love to have Leonard Williams. It just is going to depend on, I guess, how... Much to say, Jero Vero has moving forward now as a DC with the new power structure in Carolina, and how interested Dan Morgan, who also spent a ton of time in Seattle is in bringing some of these players over once free agency gets underway next month. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network host by your truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe, follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and be sure to follow me, Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where I'll be back with you on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now but in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday